I do not take the invitation lightly. Thank God, Brother David, for his heart to want to continue meetings like this. Because we don't need less of this, but we need more of this. We don't need less of God's Word, we need more of God's Word. And I'm thankful that there are still men that want to prolong this and keep things like this going. And I am privileged to be a part of this tonight. You'll find our text, our reading in John chapter 1. In John chapter 1, a very familiar portion of Scripture. One man asked Dr. R.C. Sproul before he passed away. He said, Dr. Sproul, he said, what do you feel like the need, the greatest need of the world is? He said, that's simple, to know Christ. And he said, well, what do you feel like the greatest need of the church is? He said, that's simple, to know Christ. And that's what we're here tonight to do. And I won't be long. I'll get out of the way. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing Preacher Stacy. But I've had this thought on my heart uh, for several days now. And I'm going to ask you a question that I feel certain you've been asked in the past 14 months. In the times that we've lived in, time like none other, I'm sure at some point in time you have been asked this question, are you contagious? If you hadn't, you've not left your house. (laughs) But I want to ask you this in a spiritual way. Because in a physical way, I hope that you're not. But in a spiritual way, I hope you've got something that shines out of your life, shines out of your soul, that every time you leave the house, every time you go to work, kid, every time you go to school, I hope there's something in your life that is shining for others to see, that others may say, I want whatever it is that he's got, that she's got. Because I want my life, my spiritual life, to be one that is contagious. I want, now I understand, you can't catch salvation from somebody. But you sure can catch an invitation from somebody. You sure can catch a lot of information and you sure can catch a, a way of life that's something that you were foreign to. Because before God came and got me, and He did come and get me, and before He ever came to where I was, I knew that there were people in my life, there were people that I would come to church, and I remember as a young boy getting woke up to the shouts in the church for people that would be testifying and praying and there were things in their life that I saw that they had something that I didn't have. And that was already the Holy Ghost working in my life, letting me understand my need of a Savior. And here in John chapter 1, begin reading in verse 35, the Bible says, Again the next day after John stood and two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto him, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Aren't you thankful for these three words? Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt, and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. 
And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter, and Philip findeth Nathanael, saith unto him, We have found him, of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, and saith unto him, Behold an Israelite, indeed, in whom there is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. And Jesus said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you hereafter, ye shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. That's reading through verse 51. I'm interested twice that phrase is mentioned, Come and see. Are you a contagious Christian tonight? Do you have something that somebody else would see different from this world in your life? Notice first of all, This commanding presence that takes place in verse 36. And looking upon Jesus. I'm thankful one day that God saw fit to open my eyes to Jesus Christ. It was not of works, not of anything that I could have done or would have done. When He came looking for me, He did not reach down further than I reached up. I was not even reaching up. There was nothing in me that was seeking Him or going after Him, but God saw fit in His mercy and His grace to give me an eyesight for the things of God. And I'm thankful today, just as these disciples did, began to look upon Him. The word look there literally means to be fixed upon Him. It is an intense look. It is not a glance. It is not a looking over and then looking back to something else. But it is locking their eyes and locking their vision upon the one and only one that can help and serve and save. Aren't you thankful tonight that God opened your eyes one day to a holy God and what He can and will do in your life? I'm thankful that God saw fit to come by my life one day. And thankful that the gospel message was preached into my soul. Now I couldn't have explained everything to you. I couldn't have walked you down certain roads. But what I knew is that I needed something. And that he was the only one that could provide that something. And my heart was looking unto him. My heart was fixed upon the only one. That night that I bowed unto him. That night that my knees hit the floor. I wasn't looking for mama and daddy to help me. I wasn't looking for somebody else to help me. I knew that Jesus Christ was the only one that could come by and do that work in my soul. You say, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to tell you tonight, whatever it is that the problem is in your life, look unto Him. Fix your eyes upon Him tonight. Don't be looking around to what this world has to offer because my goodness, it is slipping away. It is on a slip and slide to hell. It is going just as fast as I've ever seen it go. I still love America, still think she's the greatest nation in in the world, but have you ever seen it in such a place? Have you ever seen that such a people are so proud to walk in sin? Such a people that are proud to turn their back upon God and say, I'm going to do it my way. I've, I've heard that song several, who sung that, Sinatra or something? I heard that the other day, a, a baseball player said, that's my theme song. 
He said, that's my thing. He said, I did it in my way. Well, one day you're going to find out the hard way that you didn't do it your way and your way is what took you to hell. But I'm thankful tonight if you'll give up your way and look to His way and begin to look upon Him and fix your eyes upon Him. He is the only one and the only need that we have. When I was in patrol school, I, I know most of you know me. Know that I was a trooper. I, I just retired from it. I did 20 years and God called me to pastor a church and I'm thankful for it. Thankful to have a few of my people here tonight. But for 20 years, I was a highway patrolman. And in my basic school, I remember there was this thing that they gave us when, when we came into the chow hall. You couldn't look over to the left. You couldn't look to the right. You couldn't look around. You couldn't ask. You couldn't talk. You couldn't do anything but stare at the head in front of you. That was it. And if you got caught looking around, they gave you these special goggles that you would put on you and they had little holes drilled. They were painted black and they had little holes drilled in the middle. So you had to intently focus on those two little holes or you wouldn't even know where you were going. But it kept your eyes focused intently on the one directly ahead. And I thought the other day, I was praying, I said, God, please, because if you're not careful, you'll look to everything but Him. If you're not careful, you'll begin to see what all the world has to offer, and some of it looks good on the surface. But I said, God, would you shield me from this old world? God, would you put the spiritual goggles on me that have the holes drilled out in the center, and all I can see is you? Because God, you're all that I need, and you're all that I want. The Bible says that they were... Looking upon Jesus. You remember over in Matthew 16, Jesus asked Peter, he said, and he asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And he gave him the answer there. Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elias. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're just a prophet. But the question then zeroed in on his heart. He said, but who do you say that I am? Oh, what a question tonight. Who are you looking to tonight? Who is it that you're seeking help from tonight? Are you looking to God Almighty or are you looking to yourself? Are you looking to your bank account? Are you looking to your job? Are you looking to your family? Are you even looking to your church? Because He is the only thing that matters tonight. He is it, period. Looking unto Him. But notice, there's also this walk. The Bible says there in verse 36, And the two disciples heard Him speak, they followed Jesus there, but after what? Looking upon Jesus as he walked. They were noticing him come across the way. They were noticing his steps. They were noticing his pace. They were noticing how fast he was going. They were noticing that it was him and him alone that was walking. And in the midst of that walk, look at what they heard. They heard this great proclamation. Behold the Lamb of God. And can I tell you and encourage you tonight, when we look upon Him, when we seek Him, can there be only one thing that we should be seeking after? Behold the Lamb of God. Because John had just said a few verses earlier, he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He was saying, look at what He can do. Look at what He came here to this earth to do. But now He's dropped off the second half of that. Now He is saying simply, don't think about what He can do. Don't think about why 
He came. He said, we need to simply focus in on who He is. He said, behold the Lamb of God. And can I tell you tonight, have you ever been to your prayer place and you'd bow down and you say, God, it just don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. God, it just don't feel like my prayers are getting any higher than the ceiling. And over and over, the devil will tell you, why in the world are you even trying? Why in the world is there here? Why, why do you keep coming back to this? But about that time, if you'll bow your head and just say, God, forget about all that other stuff that I ask you for. God, I just want to bow my head before you and thank you for being who you are. God, you're the Lord of lords and King of kings. God, you're my Savior, my Redeemer. You're the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon. You're the bride and morning star. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You are the Holy One of Israel. God, anything I need, God, you are it. And God, let me just say right now, God, I praise you for who you are. God, not what you can do. God, I'm thankful you can do anything you want. But God, I'm going to praise you for who you are. Can I tell you tonight, get into a place where you can praise Him for who He is. Behold the Lamb of God today. Not just the Lamb of God who can take away the sin of the world. Yes, He can. And yes, He has through His precious Son, Jesus, who died on an old rugged cross. But let us thank Him for who He is tonight. He is our all in and all. Let Him have preeminence in all things and everything that we do to sell out and yield our life to the Holy One because He's all that we need tonight. And aren't you thankful tonight that He gives us that privilege? God, what a privilege it is to serve Him. What a privilege it is to preach. And Brother David, he, he apologized for giving me short notice to come preach. I had a preacher, if you call me with three minutes, it doesn't matter because I love getting up and bragging upon my Savior. I love telling people how great He is. I have troopers call me all the time. And I had one call me last week. He said, can I talk to you? I said, yeah, go ahead, man. I said, I hadn't heard from you in a while. He said, man, he said, time's drawing nigh, ain't it? I said, boy, ain't it? He said, I know everybody looked at you cross-eyed when you, when you turned in your badge and turned in your gun. He said, but can I tell you something? I said, man, he said, you won't tell nobody. I said, I won't say nothing. And I'm not. You don't know who I'm talking about, so it don't matter. <laughs> he said, God's been dealing with me. This boy's a preacher, a good preacher. He said, i got to turn my stuff in, man. I said, why is that? He said, because I can't get away from it. He said, and I didn't say this to him. He said it to me. He said, I feel like a, a part-time preacher. He said, and it's time for me to sell out and give him everything I got. He said, there is nothing greater. He said, I don't know if I make $10 a week. He said, it don't matter. He said, it's worth it. I said, can I tell you, it is so worth it to just sell out to Him and go out after Him and to go and tell everybody that you talk to, everybody that you meet, behold the Lamb of God because He is alive. You say, how do you know He's alive? Because He's living in my soul today. And I'm thankful today because He died, I died with Him. Because He got up, I got up with Him. And because He's alive, I am alive forevermore. And I'm thankful today that I've got the privilege and the opportunity to stand up here and tell you one more time, behold the Lamb of of God because I want my attitude. I want my preaching. I want my praying. I want my singing. I want my testifying. Everything that I do. God, would you make it contagious? God, I want to be a contagious Christian. Everything I do, God, I want it to lead to you. Be a contagious Christian. He said over and over again, he said, come and see. You don't have to take my word for it, he said. 
Just come and see. Because not only His commanding presence, but notice His compassionate plan. His compassionate plan. In verse 37, And the two disciples heard Him speak. And they followed Jesus. Now notice, when they hear John say, Behold the Lamb. And they're seeing Him walking across. They don't turn around and say, Now where is He going? I I need to know where He's going. I need to know what exactly He's going to be doing. When we're getting there and how we're going to be getting there. They don't ask anything. They see Him walking They've heard, behold the Lamb. They know that's Jesus Christ. And they set out to follow Him. They take in step for step. They're going stride for stride right behind Him. So much so that Jesus turns around and He asks them, What is it that you're seeking? What is it? Why is it that you're following Me? Is why He's wanting to know. Because notice over and over again, throughout Scripture when they profess that He is the Christ, It is normally after some type of miracle that takes place. But here, Jesus has really not performed any miracles. He's just walking across the way. And here they set out to follow Him. And He turns around and asks Him, what is it that you're seeking? And they said, we just want to know where you're going, Lord. We want to know where it is that you're taking up abode. We want to know where it is that you're living at. And He invites them to come and see. Can I ask you tonight, do you have that desire in your heart? Is there a desire in your soul to want to know where He's at tonight? Is there something? Because I can already see a desire from you being here tonight. Here on a hot Monday night. When no doubt you had a thousand other things you could have been doing. But something took priority in your life to say, God, I'm going to go down there and I want to worship you in spirit and in truth. God, there's something about me and inside of me that wants to hear and know more about you. And I'm thankful tonight there is a desire in my soul tonight to stand up and say, keep learning, keep digging, keep going after Him, keep looking to Him, keep searching Him, keep hunting Him because He wants to be found. He is a God that can and will and already has. Aren't you thankful tonight? He invites you to come and see tonight. I I was at Wendy's. I I don't get to go to Texas Roadhouse anymore. I got four kids and family that eat me out of house and home. So we get to go to McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's now. We were at Wendy's Saturday. And we we got through eating. We walked out to the car. And there was a man standing out there next to the car. And he looked at me and said, Sir, you wouldn't have some money for me to get something to eat. Would you? I said, no, sir, I wouldn't. I said, but what I will do is go in and buy you something to eat. And he said, I said, well, what would you like? And I figured he would think for a minute. Man, he said, I want a cheeseburger, Coke, fries. And he just spit it out. I'm surprised he didn't want a Frosty, too. <laughs> and I said, all right. I said, just hang tight and I'll be back with you in a minute. I walked in there and ordered him a little something. And I was waiting. They gave me his cup. And I saw him walking into the store. I saw him walking in through the door. God had already spoke to my heart. You're going to have to share Christ with that man. He said, just talk to him about me. Just tell him how good I am. And I walked up to him and he just stood there to the side. And I walked over to him and I said, bud, here's your cup. I said, you can go get you whatever you want to drink. I said, but before I give you your cup, I said, I want to ask you something. I said, do you know Jesus Christ? He said, my whole family's Christians. I said, good. That's just not what I ask you. I said, do you know Jesus Christ? 
I said, do you know who he is? And he said, well, I mean, my, my family. I said, don't mention your family. I said, this is me and you talking. I said, what do you know about him? And immediately, I, I mean, you, you, you all know, you read body language uh, more than you think you do. Immediately, he was all happy about his hamburger and fries, and he took his cup and he just turned and looked down and stared away from him, almost turning his back. I said, hey, I said, turn around here. I said, I just want to tell you how good my Savior is. I said, I want to tell you what he's done for me and what he can do for you. I said, he sent his precious son, and I walked all the way through to bleed and die. I said, he's a man that loves to eat with sinners. I said, he's a man that comes to the low of the low and scoops us out of the trough. I said, he is that man. I said, and I just want to tell you about him. He had almost turned his back. I said, hey, I said, look at me. And I bet by this time, that man's thinking, this is not worth a hamburger and fries and a drink. I said, I just want to tell you that Jesus loves you and I do too. I said, I don't know your name. I said, and I don't need to know your name. I said, but what I want to tell you is that I'm going to be praying for you. I said, I hope God gets a hold of you. I said, and I hope that he bothers you so much that you're going to seek him with everything you've got. And he just looked at me and he said, and he starts to walk off. I said, hey. And he turned back around. I thought by this time he's going to take off running. I said, I just want to tell you one more time. I love you, buddy. And I said, I hope you enjoy that hamburger. I said, and God loves you too. And I turned around and walked out. And I said, God, I don't know that man. I may never see him again in my life. I said, but God, would you convict his soul? God, send the Holy Ghost after him. You said, do you really believe he can do that with everything that's in within me? I know that my God is that sovereign. He is that big and he is that wonderful that he can send the Holy Ghost to whomever he pleases and he can convict his soul and let him know that behold the Lamb. And I'm thankful to stand up here today to tell you God is that good tonight. I'm trying to tell you about his compassionate plan because it requires that furthering. The Bible says in verse 42, I love this phrase, and he brought him To Jesus. Now I understand. I absolutely understand. Don't come to me after the service and try to say that I preached that they got saved because of that. God can save them anywhere, anyhow, no matter if there's anybody around. It doesn't matter. But I want to do what God has asked me to do. I love. That's why if I didn't think that, I wouldn't have any reason to stand up here and preach. That's why I love standing up here and proclaiming that God is who He said He is. I'm reading that book by Dr. Lawson, Show Me Your Glory. Preacher, that's a great book. Preacher Scott put me on to it, my pastor. And it talks about just over and over the attributes of God and learning who He is. Learning about who He is. Because don't try to go out and witness to somebody if you're not ready to spit back of who He is. Because I want to be ready. I want to be ready, as Paul said, I want to be ready to defend the gospel. I want to be ready at whatever somebody's able to ask me. I want to be able to spit it right back to them. Let me tell you, I'm glad you asked me that. Because God will open up doors for you like never before if you'll just be patient and wait on what God has for you. His compassionate plan. But notice also, I'm trying to hurry, notice also His captivating power. In verse 48... Now they've moved on to Nathaniel. 
Nathanael saith unto him, How do you know me? He said, when, 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 do you, when did you see me? How do you know anything about me? And God is about to reveal to him. Now, what was he studying underneath the fig tree? We don't know. Probably something maybe pertaining to Jacob's ladder. Because that's sort of what it's alluding to here at the very end of that. Whatever it is. The fact that he saw him underneath the fig tree. The fact that he knew where he was and what he was doing and how he was doing it. Shocked Nathaniel to the point where he proclaimed, God, you are him, ain't you? You're him. You're who I've heard about. I remember one one morning it was my turn to preach before Preacher Scott came. Preacher Wade had already gotten sick and me and Preacher Tim were rotating back and forth. And it was my turn on a Sunday morning to preach and God had come by and blessed us and there were people all in the altar. I didn't even get to preach that morning. And, and I remember I was over here praying with somebody. And uh, somebody come and tugged on my coat and said, Eli's in the altar. That's my oldest son. He said, he's over here in the altar. And he was right over in here, but there was several people there. And I, I had to walk all the way down the steps, come all the way back around. And I knew God had been dealing with him. He had been asking questions about salvation. And I could not wait to slide in there and have something to do with my boy's salvation. I couldn't. I said, Lord, I'm about to prove to everybody I know what I'm doing. That was my attitude. Boy, it's good, wasn't it? I come sliding in there and I threw my hand around him. I said, Eli, good to see you down here, son. I said, why are you down here? And he looked up at me and tears are flowing down his face. He said, Daddy. He said, God just saved me. I said, he did. He said, absolutely. He said, I know he did. He said, I asked him and he came into my heart. And I said, son, stand up. I started hugging him. And as he was walking off hugging his mama, God's whispered to my soul. He said, you really think I needed you to do this? And God, I'm so thankful today that God is big enough to grab the dirtiest and nastiest and lowest heart. You say, how do you know? Because I was one of them. I was one of the dirt. I was one of the low. But God came by and He revealed to my soul. And I began to say, God, You're Him, ain't You? You're who I've heard preached about. God, I'm so thankful tonight that when He invites us to come and see, He will reveal to your heart and your soul just exactly who He is. And His power is beyond measure. Because look lastly, and I'll be finished. Look at this comforting promise that He has. In verse 50, He said, you think that's something? He said, you're going to see greater things than these. And over the next several years, Nathaniel would see greater things than these. Following Christ, you will be amazed at what He can do in your life. You'll be amazed at how He can use your worthlessness. How He can use your inability. How He can use your nothing and turn it into something for Him. I'll finish with this. When I, when I was in seminary, some of you already heard this story. When I was in seminary, we had a homework assignment. I went and asked Preacher Scott about it. We had to go witness to people throughout the week. We had to write down these witness forms and had to fill out these things. I don't, I don't know if you've had to do it yet, Eric, but I, we had to, we had to uh, fill these forms out and it, you had to tell where you saw the person. Uh, just all these, it was a lot of stuff on there. And I understand we are commanded to share the word. 
I understand that to every creature, to every nation. But also understand it takes the Holy Ghost. You can't just, you, I mean, it, it takes God moving in it. So I understand the battle there. And there was a preacher in that class. Uh, it, it was online, so I don't know who he was. But he, he told the instructor, he told the professor there, he said, I'm not doing it. He said, it takes God to do that, and I'm not just making up these witnesses to go do this. The professor said, that's fine. He said, you just failed that portion of the class. It's that simple. He said, well then, you tell me how I'll have to pass it. He said, you do the assignment. He said, you just go talk to one person. It was just one person each week that we had to do. He said, go talk to one person. He said, all right. He said, the first person I see every week on my job, I'll ask them if they know Christ. He said, I'll fill it out and be done. So he came on Monday morning to his workplace. He was a security guard at a parking deck. He was sitting there early that morning and had had his stuff laid out. He had been some, doing some reading. And this Asian man come walking in. He said, great, there's number one. I'll get my homework done for this week. He walked up to him. He said, sir, good morning. He said, I just want to ask you something. He said, do you know Jesus Christ? And he was ready to write his answer down. And nothing was said. And he looked up. And that man had tears already coming down his face. He said, sir, I've been in this, in, in this nation now for several weeks. He said, seems like every station I turn it to has something to say about this Jesus. He said, do you know him? Can you tell me about him? And he said, if you'll give me one second, he said, I'll be right back with you. He ran into his little office and he bowed down. He said, God, forgive me for trying to box you up in some little box that, God, you can't reach somebody in a parking deck. He said, if you'll help me share the word, he said, I'll share it with him. And he walked out there and shared the word of God with that man. The man knelt down right there in the parking deck and got saved. You say, do you really believe that? Every single word of it. Because God is that big. His power is that great. His plan is that perfect. And if we will just say, God, would you make me contagious in everything that I do? God, that my life, God, would eke out of me. That God, all the pores in my life, God, would radiate the things of Jesus Christ. God, let me be around people and let them understand that it ain't me, but that God is the God that I serve. It's the Jesus that I have in my heart. Because it is there that we can invite others to come and see. So may I invite you tonight. I don't know what it is that you have in your life. I don't know what it is, what problem, what storm that you may be facing. But can I invite you tonight to come and see? Preacher, thank you.